0: Welcome, everyone, to the Predictably Treacherous Podcast. I'm your host, Craig. Late again with releasing new episodes. What else is new? Today's episode is Banachek, Season 1, Episode 6, $10,000 a page. This episode is directed by Richard T. Heffron and written by Paul Pladen. The original air date was January tenth, 1973. Let's get right to the episode summary. Banachek investigates the theft of a book. All right, that's it. That's just uh, Banachek investigates the theft of a book. The crime. So we're at the uh, Tyson Museum and there's the book of hours. It's a big fancy old uh, book and it's very valuable. It's in a glass case. It's like that Scientology book, uh, Dianetics, or Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins, you know, something really important. And okay, so there. what's happening is that the museum is testing the security system around this book. It's super important. Um, so what's happening is there are security guards running around all over the place. The book is in this room in the middle of the room and it has a glass case and the book is inside the glass case there's all these cameras pointing at the glass case from inside this room and if you open the glass case then these metal doors come crashing down trapping you in this this room um, so the idea is that it's very secure and if you try and steal the book you're gonna get trapped in there so the hapless insurance man the the living trope he is very pleased with the security system he says oh or we're, we're good to go gives a thumbs up so they're ready so then of course fast forward to that night um, we see a security guard is watching some some monitors to make sure the book's safe and um, we see a workman in front of one of the cameras on the premises and um, suddenly there's this, this bright light on one of the monitors and you can't see what's going on and then it's it's back to normal suddenly and you can see the room and it's just quiet and then um we hear the alarm go off indicating that someone's lifted the glass case so the cops arrive of course because this book's really goddamn important uh so the cops are there in like 10 seconds and they go to the security door they got the guns drawn they're ready to go in there and blow away the guy who tried to steal the book Um, they think the thief is trapped inside so they open up the security doors to the display room and of course it's empty there's no one in there and the case is there and the book is not and then we get the Banachek intro so it's a new intro or at least it's a variation on the existing intro (laughs) I'm just as shitty as I was before Just as shitty as before Yeah, it's not any better, so we'll stop that It's also, they have some different clips that they're showing while they're they're putting a new theme on They have uh, Banachak driving around um, Driving himself in his old uh, ridiculous car And I don't see Jay, where's Jay? I like Jay uh, Jay's tropy but you know he's a uh, hey boss. Uh, I think I, I think I know how the the, the this crime went down. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to that in every episode. So uh, hopefully they're not phasing Jay out. Um, I've watched a series before, and I just I can't even remember if they phased Jay out or not. So w- we'll find out. So the unhappy insurance agent. So the unhappy insurance agent trope is back in a big way in this episode. So he's got this gravelly voice, which Banachek points out. is pretty good. Um, he calls banana check, Bernard check, which is, which is not bad. Um, and he tells banana, Bernard, Bernard check. I'm getting confused with an older episode where the guy called him banana check, which was incredible. Um, he tells Bernard check that, uh, he's overrated and, uh, overpaid in a showboat. So this is one trope, or they've got to drop this, this adversarial disgruntled insurance agent trope. It is kind of pointless and annoying. The agent invariably tells Banachek that he doesn't like him and he doesn't want him meddling with the investigation, but then he gives Banachek all the information they have about the crime and in return banachek usually mocks the agent and doesn't reshare information it just it seems ridiculous um so this rich asshole sends his chauffeur um, and business manager to pick up banachek and take him back to the rich guy's mansion so he's the one who owns the book the book of hours it's um, the, the dianetics of the Banachek world. So he's an old guy in a wheelchair, played by a younger guy made up to look like an old guy. I want to just hire an old actor. I don't. I don't really know. Um, it would make sense if suddenly you know he was going to take off his disguise at the end, and you'd be like, "Oh, you're really a young guy." Or or he had to do a flashback to a scene where he was a young guy, but he's not. He's just some young guy and he's, he's got ridiculous old guy hair and he's made up to look like an old guy. He, he looks preposterous. like it, it doesn't it looks clownish and cartoonish. It doesn't even look real. Um, he's accompanied by this is incredible. I really like this. He's, in, he's accompanied by a muscle man, Steve Crawford. Um, he's in—he's a big muscle guy, no shirt on. He's in speedos. Or sorry, he does have a shirt on. He has a long sleeve white shirt, and he's in speedos, which is even better. I mean, a long sleeve white shirt and speedos— incredible. Um, and it reminded me of a *Clockwork Orange*, where the wheelchair guy, um, who Alex had beat up with him and his droogs earlier, and then Alex comes back there when he's on the run and he's sick. And the old guy is trying to play. He's like, oh, I know you. I, don't, I know you from somewhere. And anyways, um, but now he's in a wheelchair and he has that big muscle man carry him around all the time. All right. Uh, and also Tyson's attorney is there. So Tyson is the, the rich asshole who sends for Banachek, Mr. Tyson. Um, so Tyson demands to have Banachek work for him exclusively. Wh- whatever. Um, he also snaps his fingers a lot and he's uh he's a self-proclaimed tyrant. He says I'm a tyrant. <sighs> okay. The business manager, Miss Hammond, she hates Bananacheck, Bernard Check, Bana Check, She thinks he knocked up some friend of hers and ran out on her, which doesn't really sound implausible, you know what I mean? Um so now at home Banachek watches video camera footage of the robbery and somehow he watches footage of the cops arriving outside and a cop exiting and getting in a squad car. He watches this on his uh, wall TV that he uses this giant remote control for. Um, okay, so then Banachek visits the cops. He speaks with Gomer Pyle, literally, literally. It, I mean, it's it's actually the the actor who played uh, Gomer Pyle. Um, is that right? Or is it the one from Andy Griffith show? Or was that, Gomer? I'm getting confused. You know what? Just go watch it and find out. You'll see what I mean, though. Um, okay, so Pyle confirms that five squad cars were dispatched when the call came in, and they arrived in less than a minute, but the TV footage caught six cars. So um, Banachek tells Pyle to review the footage to see if the thief was caught on film. It's, it's kind of funny. It's completely glossed over that the police dispatched five squad cars in less than a minute to investigate the reported theft of uh, a book, like uh, a valuable book, not a multi-vehicle collision on a highway or a hostage taking at a downtown business or a mass shooting at a school, but the attempted theft theft of a millionaire's property okay so let's get to uh felix so felix making a, an appearance that's, that's okay i guess um so banachek visits felix to get the lowdown on the book's history and uh, of course well felix you know he's into rare books so this actually isn't that surprising that he would know a lot about it so the book is hundreds of years old and has changed hands 20 something times and it has a rich history so strange given how the new the book looks but that's okay we can forgive that so walter tyson began life poor he got rich and the book of hours was his late wife's wedding gift to him so that's kind of cool it's kind of cool kind of thoughtful and um i actually i can get behind this sort of plot he's a rich guy he had a wife who's dead and this was like the big gift she gave him when they got married so it's important to him i don't know about it being in a museum and in like a display case and it's a bit much but whatever i can get behind this plot it's 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 decent okay the ladies man so Banachek arrives at home after visiting Felix and Jill Hammond is there to apologize and throw herself at Banachek. She was the um, business manager of Tyson, the one that didn't like Banachek because she thought he knocked up his, uh, her friend. She discovered that she was wrong to accuse him and now she's ready to offer her body as repentance. The Polish proverb makes a return in this episode. I think I may have missed it the last few episodes. I don't I don't really remember it. It wasn't prominent anyway. Anyways, here it is. Just because a dress is red satin doesn't mean it comes off easily. I really should have got a clip for that. That's okay. Um, you know, it just I didn't really it was just thrown in for that I think you know what? I think this is what it is. It it's not really integral to the plot. But just um they just kind of, I think this episode and maybe a past couple of episodes, they've just kind of thrown in the Polish proverb, but it hasn't been like, you know, a key insight into how he's going to solve the crime or something, which is really what it should be. Um, if you're going to have something like that, have him make it some super key insight that, if you really think about it, is the way to unlock how the crime occurred or explains the crime or something. I, I don't know. Maybe this does, and I'm just not catching it, but. Um, anyways, it seems like they've just kind of eh, thrown in anything. It's like a little silly throwaway line or a joke in the past few episodes, so I guess that's why I haven't thought about it too much. All right, next uh, trope thing, the physical skill. So Banachek visits the muscle man's brother. Um, he asks him about the robbery, and the brother spills his entire involvement, everything. He also confirms that the Muscle Man brother doesn't know anything about any of this. Banachek says, well, you will find out soon enough. And then the, the brother says, no, he won't. Then he punches Banachek and he tries to kill him. They're at a junkyard. And this brother that, okay, so the Muscle Man brother is a big muscle man. This brother, he must be like 6'8". He's a giant, and um, he's not a muscly guy, but he's a, he's a tall guy. And he's got the overalls and crap, and, he, and they're in a junkyard, so he has like a you know crowbar or uh, something that will do a lot of damage. And he yeah, after he punches Banachek, he, he tries to he tries to murder him essentially. Um, so he chases Banachek around with a, a heavy pipe, and at one point he actually throws it. And Banachek is is running along the hoods of cars, like hopping from car to car. And he throws this lead pipe and it hits Banachek in the back of the leg. And the momentum of it, Banachek's legs fly forward and he falls on his bum on the trunk of the car and falls on the ground. Like, if it was real life, I don't think he would have gotten back up. I think he would have had a broken leg or something. Um, okay, so Banachek tricks him with his superior brain power, though. So what he does, it's so awful. He takes his wallet right after he gets knocked off the hood of the car. He takes his wallet, takes some money out of it, and he stuffs the money into um an open hood of a car. <laughs> and then the, the guy comes over, and he's it's like, oh, I want to lure this greedy thug into a trap. So he comes over, and he grabs the bills he leans into the the hood of the car and grabs the bills and banachek runs and jumps and like body slams the hood of the car and uh it it, like crushes the guy's arm and has him stuck in the car like hanging off the car and then banachek runs over to the side and he kicks him in the face it's pretty pretty gruesome and violent it's actually you know what it was a good scene it was a cool scene. I mean, it's a you know, there's no way Banachek could do this in real life, but that's okay. That's okay. I mean, you want to make the guy a bit of a superman, so it's fine. Good scene. Good scene. Um, I gotta tell you though, Banachek should have went and called the cops, because this this guy was gonna murder him. Like <laughs> this guy should be going to prison. Uh, anyways. And I think he took his money back. That's smart. Okay. So the big reveal. All right, Banachek. Enough of this. Just gather everybody in a room and explain exactly what the hell happened. Time for the big reveal.
1: Mr. Glassman's theory about how Ludlow got into the museum is correct. He did pose as a workman. and the night of the robbery, he did hide somewhere here in the museum. When it got time for him to make his move, he came directly to this door. Except for the monitor room guards, Ludlow had the place to himself. As he entered the Book of Hours room, and before he got within camera range, he shone a high-intensity flashlight directly into the lens of the TV camera. While the monitor room TV set flared as a result, Ludlow placed a photograph of the room, which he had mounted on a collapsible tripod, in front of the lens. The photo showed the book in place. So before the guard could report the interruption of the TV transmission, everything was apparently back to normal, and the guard dismissed it as a temporary malfunction hidden from view ludlow came directly to this glass case drilled these two small holes in the top then he inserted two metal rods his purpose was to close the book which by the way would be then smaller than its usual appearance the plate covering the alarm circuitry opened from the center and once the book was closed, its concentrated weight forced the panels open, and the book dropped into the pedestal itself. inside looks solid, but actually it's just wiring and mostly camouflage. It allows the book to drop easily through and then springs back to cover it up. I always thought there was a lot of wires for a simple alarm system, but I guess I just didn't think hard enough. Once Ludlow had hidden the book, then he had to make sure it looked like it was stolen. So first, he placed the gelignite charge in the lock. Then for the second time, he interrupted the TV transmission with his flashlight. And again, the guards placed the blame on a bug in the monitoring system. But before they could do anything about it, Ludlow was able to get outside the doorway. From which position of safety, he immediately detonated the explosive electronically. This, of course, triggered the steel doors to slam shut, supposedly locking the thief inside. The police squad cars, summoned by the alarm, arrived just a few moments later, but all Ludlow had to do was to slip out of his phony workman's clothes to become an equally phony policeman.
0: All right, and there we have it. You know, I know I disparage uh I'm doing it again. I disparage Banachek, and then every episode I explain like this that, oh, I really do like parts. The big reveal is is incredible. They really this This would translate well to other shows, too. And I'm sure they do it in a lot of other shows. I'm just not aware of it. But, I mean, he recaps everything, explains it all for the audience, and they show clips. It's like a mini story. It's like you could almost skip the whole episode and just go right to the big reveal and just check it out. And you'd be like, oh, that's how it happened. That's cool. Okay, so at this point, Glassman and Jill admit the whole thing. And uh, Jill's motivation was that she was uh, receiving nothing from the will and she felt cheated. And then Tyson reveals that um, he had a life insurance policy for half a million and Jill was the beneficiary. So that was going to be his gift to her when he died. So not a bad episode, Um, laughable, and uh, you don't need to watch it 10 times or anything, but there were some parts that were worth watching for sure. The muscle man was fantastic. Um, Muscle Man's brother was great. The Tyson guy with the crazy old man get up was, it was laughable. It was incredible. Um, the behavior that Jill was ridiculous. She was past at Banachek. Then she's all over him, throwing her body at him. It's awful. Um, and a special shout out to the great scene where Banachek is speaking with a Muscle Man while he's lifting weights outside. And he's punching a punching bag. And he's wearing Speedos the entire time. It was absolutely incredible. Kind of reminded me a little bit of a a fantastic Columbo episode. um, The Milo Janis episode. Where he is uh, speaking with Milo Janis. And Milo is punching a punching bag. And he dives into a pool. It's just unbelievable. Thank you for listening today. Check out the show notes for this episode or any episode on my website at ptpod.xyz. The show notes contain the links to all my sources and products that were referenced in the episode. You can write a glowing review of my podcast on iTunes or Google Play. There are handy-dandy links in the menu on my website at ptpod.xyz. And you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash pt pod the intro music for today's episode was sweeter vermouth courtesy of kevin mcleod at incompetech.com check out the link in the show notes